All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast. Wednesday takes over Netflix. We tell you why you need to be watching White Lotus and the English. And our three watch moves to David Fincher's classic Fight Club. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How is it going, guys? Going pretty well, man. Uh, I'd say I'm superb. How are you? I am wonderful, and that's because we had a great sports cast. Even though uh, our Vikings lost, it was so fun to talk about that and to maybe talk some people off the ledge about a great season and a good team. We're 10-3, second in the NFC. Check out all of our takes on that, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and the rest of the episode was great, too, talking World Cup and uh, all sorts of other news. So go check that out. And then uh, also, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram, at Nordy's Podcast, and subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from. And get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Love that. Thank you. All right, guys, what are you drinking tonight? I'll go first. I'm drinking uh, Read the Room by Blackstack. It's a fruited sour beer. It's very, very tart and delicious. Love that. Ryan? I am repeat of last one. I, I didn't buy two. I got the, the Jolly Meal. New England IPA from Junkyard. Beautiful. I'm switching up a little bit. This is Everyday THC Seltzer from Headflyer in Through Hemp, which is my hemp company, available at Headflyer Brewing in four packs or singles and select bars, restaurants, and liquor stores. I don't think that people get that that you said it was your THC company. I mean, your hemp company. If they follow the Instagram, they probably probably get it by now. I never heard of marketing. It is great. It just came out. I've had a bunch of them so far. Um, they're delicious. It's you could have one every. Yeah, you. Really I could. I do think they're the best tasting sel- THC seltzer, and I've tried a bunch. And this is I'm really really super happy with ours. I don't know about your hemp company, but I use this one called Thra for like mosquito bites. It's got like this cooling <laughs> menthol cream. T H R U Thra. Um, it's Thra, a really great oh hemp God. company. Yeah, Thra. It's very Direct similar to company. yours, but I think they're, yeah. They're probably better. They're probably better. Probably. Yeah. yeah. The menthol cooling cream on mosquito bites in Minnesota is a lifesaver. I mean, it's I'm not even amazing. kidding. It, it's crazy how well it, it, you know, calms everything down, anti-inflammatory. So, yeah. Well, anyways, thanks for letting me plug the, you know, the new seltzer a little bit. I love them and I have a fridge full of them and I got to calm down because I want to do, I do want to drink them every day. Go through, go to uh, throughhempcbd.com backslash Nordy's podcast to get a 25% uh, discount <laughs> on any and all THC seltzer beverages available online. No, I'm kidding. That was uh, pretty good. You I should met, do I met, me un- I met me undies. Me undies. Not- yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. All right, guys, it's time for Do We Care? And the only place we could start is with Taylor Swift. She's the biggest star in <laughs> Of <music>. course. <laughs> She's the biggest star in music. It's not even close. Uh, at this point, I can't believe we got screwed out of a T Swift Super Bowl halftime show this year. Oh, okay. Everybody was saying T Swift Super Bowl halftime, and I think the whole world was like, "Yeah, that sounds right." And then everyone was like, "We didn't get T Swift." I'm not everyone. I'm sorry. The NFL. They're like, "We didn't get T Swift, but we got something just as good." Rihanna. And I was like, "What? Just as good? What? When has Rihanna made music?" Yeah, she doesn't have nearly as much music. I'll say that. I don't even know if she makes music anymore, to be honest with you. But we're gonna get Rihanna and said, but that doesn't mean, I mean Taylor Swift be busy. It it wouldn't it wouldn't have surprised me. I had no idea it was Rihanna. I totally forgot. But I thought you were gonna be like, we got 
Ozzy Osbourne. Like, like that's <laughs> yeah. how where the NFL's like at yeah. in terms of like their audience, you know. So Taylor Swift, we're not just talking about her because she's a big star. We're talking about her because she's going to be making her debut as a director. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Fox Searchlight has partnered with her in to develop a script to direct a project um it's the t swift show it's you know solely banking on her stardom i feel like and her talent she's you know probably good at everything um i did watch half of a bad movie recently that she was in called amsterdam which i'm not even gonna bother talking about david o russell swung and missed with the greatest cast of all time anyways well she was in that briefly and she did a meh job meh so maybe you know she, she wants to get into that world. Why not? I tell you what, I think that dr- acting, directing is easier than writing music. That's why you see some of these stars just start to act uh, and, and, and kind of put the music aside. I also think that um, it's easy to be like, yeah, you can totally direct it. Um, we're just going to need like $24 million and then you can direct whatever you want. Just fund the whole budget of the movie, and you yeah. can put your name on any fucking chair in the set that you want to. Yeah, she's probably executive producing as well. We'll see. Absolutely. She's not coming on to just be like, nope, I'm only directing. I'm not yep. contributing financially to this. And like, no studio is going to be like, you know what? Your first movie, we're going to give you whatever kind of budget you want, T-Swift. Go oh, for I it. I think it's going to be small indie, indie budget. For sure. Yeah. But... You know, maybe it'll be good. Maybe she'll be a fucking star at making movies as well. You never know. All right. Well, speaking of stars, um, Netflix has a big show on their hands. Mm. Maybe a new star in Wednesday, which is going to be the most watched show in Netflix history, breaking the record that was set this summer by season four of Stranger Things. Yeah. I my kids watched this whole show by themselves. Like you're like, go ahead and start it. They loved it, and then they rewatched it with me because I was into it. Um, Wednesday is a very fun show. It's pretty dang well done. It does have moments of teen cheesiness um, with teen actors talking about their feelings, but you know you get past that, and it's it's just a good mystery. So I really like the show. It's funny. I kind of get why it's it's blowing up the way it has. Um, it seems like is it Jenna Ortega? Correct. Something. Yeah, she is going to be a star. Um, she maybe already is just from this. So I kind of get it. I, I do think that they will break that record again with Stranger Things finale uh, this summer. So I have a question. I think you maybe touched on this. What? Um, how much better is it than Sabrina? What? Oh, like it's a lot on? better. I compared it earlier. A lot better. Okay. Oh, it's much. Yeah, no, better. I know you yeah. did. Yeah. It was only after a couple episodes I stopped giving a single fuck what was happening on Sabrina, and this I actually started to care more and more. And like right up through like okay. episodes like six, seven, eight, it's like oh, it's all going down. Um, I really enjoyed cool. it. Fred Armisen shows up as Fester. I know you guys don't like Fred Armisen, and you can fuck off because he's a fucking treasure, and he's really good as Fester. So uh, I'm enjoying. I it. think is, I think he is um, a, both a treasure and not funny. Mm. So you just like that he's existing in the world, spreading positivity, but you don't. I think just like him. I like him and I like that he's just always popping up doing random fun things. Yeah. And I'm sure he's a blast to be around. I just personally don't really find him funny, but that doesn't mean I don't like him. Funnier, cool. him or John Hamm? Because I feel like they're filling the same role right now. John Hamm is way funny. <laughs> and it's not even close. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> John Hamm, it's just funny because you're like, holy shit, it's John Hamm. That's why you're laughing. I, I can't fucking believe he's made an entire career well, off of uh, your, holy shit, John Hamm. Boy, is this. <laughs> This table's crooked. Is this, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> John Hamm on Curb was literally 
like one of the best. I think I've that's seen. Eric's like one of your top three like favorite TV moments moments of I all time. I was dying that whole episode. I was dying. All right, guys. Um, so other big things happening. Avatar two. Uh, we heard maybe it wasn't going to be good. Uh. Cameron, James Cameron was trying to downplay it, and now people are giving it just the most ridiculously good review. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, that moment where they they let, I don't know, 300 people watch it at a a thing, and then they all write reviews, and those people better fucking write a decent review where they may not get invited to the next giant movie release. So I get it that it could be biased, but, you know, the things people are saying are pretty specific. That it's like visually, it actually is just as stunning as the first time you watched Avatar, which I thought we all thought was impossible, right? We're like, look, there's no way that this is going to be as groundbreaking. This technology is now nine years old or whatever, but apparently it looks just amazing. Quick caveat, and I'm sorry to interrupt. Are we supposed to watch this one in 3D as well? Or is, does it not matter? I, I don't know exactly. I'm not going to watch it in 3D if I get a chance, but I would love to watch it on a very good digital screen, like an IMAX type of screen. Yeah, yeah. It totally. has a really high def. Um, I would love that. And I'm going to see it in theaters. I'm excited. We have a slew of movies. We, we actually need to get a slumber party together, us three boys, and rent three movies that we'll, we can talk about when it comes Nordy time. Um, what about we just money? rent out a theater for the day and just tell them to play whatever the fuck movie we want them to? I, I love that. <laughs> what if you can, who can pull that off? Be like, dude, Top Gun, Avatar, uh, I don't know. What else do we need to see? It's called like Throw- Andover Cinema. Yeah, we need Avatar, we need Top Gun, we need X, and we definitely Black- need Everywhere, Everything, All Black- at Once. So. Black I saw it. I'm good. It's not going to get nommed anyways, bro. You can go put the kids right. to bed and come back. Yeah. All right, uh, what about this? This one might get nominated for some awards. Disney is submitting Love and Thunder for Oscar. <laughs> I just, I think this is kind of a joke, and it's just been an opportunity for the internet to re-poop on a movie that they now have collectively decided they didn't like, um, and they're making fun of. So, I mean, obviously, it has no chance at Best Director, has no chance, although Taika's wonderful, this is his worst movie. Um, no chance at Best Picture, probably no chance at Best Visuals with, with Avatar coming out. That's just going to win that, too, so... Yeah. I here's what I'll say. I don't want to poop on the movie because I'm being honest when I say this. I enjoyed this movie mm-hmm. and thought it was bad. Right. Right. Which so those things can exist. Yeah, there's like a sweet spot where I'm like, this is bad, but I'm still enjoying myself, but it's pretty terrible. Yeah. Every and season of the challenge. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, the challenge <laughs> is just I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Just good. <laughs> uh, um, all right, well, yeah. This sounds like it could be bad, but I know you guys are going to be excited. Jackie Chan has confirmed that Rush Hour 4 is going to happen. Let's go. I love these movies. Um, one and two are fantastic. Three was a step down, and then we'll get four, which is probably going to be even Dude, below this that. Is, this is Pirates of the Caribbean, but with Asian dude. Like, it's it's yeah. it's been downhill since, really, yeah. truly. This is the, this is the, the quad, whatever. Um, no, that nobody asked for. That nobody asked for. No, nobody I, asked. For this, but it was. I, I just think. I don't see, have I don't, you watched the other ones? I, yeah, I don't want to see it. But it doesn't mean that I don't love Jackie Chan, who is an absolute world treasure. World treasure. Yes, I agree. In fact, I should revisit and see what he's really up to to see if he could make the list of those who must be protected. I haven't even considered him, which is maybe wrong. So um, I know he's a I'm sweet man, but I need to see philanthropy. I need to see a clean bill. I need to see some good political sides. Uh, these are important factors. I think he does all that stuff. Like, I'm okay. pretty positive he's, like, a really good dude. 
Well, I love that. Um, good for him. Uh, I can't. I hope this movie it actually gets made. We're probably is, getting excited about nothing because it maybe never. I happens. can. I can already predict what this movie is. This is going to be a movie where I'm. You guys are like barter. It's pretty good. Just watch it. And then I'm like sitting there with my arms crossed, like harumphing. And then within four minutes of the movie, I'm laughing and having a good time. And I'm like, oh, I fucking love Chris Tucker. He was always funny to me. You know. And then like. <laughs> Like that idea just kind of escalates from there. I'm like, you sons of bitches. So all mad. right, well that's that would be best case scenario. Let's hope that happens. All right, uh, here's a movie a series that we really liked. It felt really promising, and then uh, it's no more. And that looks to be like uh, Wonder Woman is not happening with a third movie. Wonder Woman three, we will not mm-hmm. see it. Uh, there's some big changes happening in DC. And uh, I'm just curious, is Gal Gadot gone? Is they, are they just going to stop telling the story and start over, kind of? I think they I, should I, start I, over. I mean, Gal Gadot is so beautiful, but I, there's so many women that could just kick ass as Wonder Woman. She doesn't, we do not need to hold on to something that, sh- that worked a little bit. Um, just let it go. I, I don't know why they're holding on to anything in DC. I just wish that they would start everything over. I'd hit the reset button. I'd say, all those things didn't happen. Just mm-hmm. forget them. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. And then give us a new kick-ass story. Uh, the only thing I'd even consider holding on to is Battenson. Well, keep his spin-off thing a... and just have a Batman that fits better into Justice League stuff. But, yeah, I think they're – I think, Eric, you're – I think you're right. We should hold on to Battenson. But that's like um... – its own branch of DC, which is like noir detective Batman. Yeah. And then you got to have populist, you know, uh, mainstream Batman. You can't have like, they both kind of have to exist peacefully together. I also agree on the Gal Gadot thing. So like, apparently Patty Jenkins tried to make it seem like um, the studio decided that Wonder Woman three wasn't happening, but really they were like, no, we, I mean, you know, again, truth is somewhere in the middle, but they were like, no, she walked away because she didn't like the direction it was going to be headed to. Um, I also think um, Gal Gadot was great in Wonder Woman 1 when the expectations were near the floor. I think nobody knew what to expect. I thought Wonder Woman was a great movie. Right. And then I think we expected a step up in uh, Wonder Woman 2, and it sucked. Yep. And Kristen Wiig sucked, and Gal Gadot sucked, and the story sucked, and Pedro Pascal was, like, average. Um, so I don't think that, I mean, she can... Blame the studio all she wants, but the movie wasn't good. So right. um, I think overall, probably best, as Eric said, like, let's just cut ties across the board. Um, wipe the wipe the whiteboard clean. Take all the magnets down and start fresh. I agree. All right. Uh, well, how about this? Shadow and Bone Season 2. It's coming out March 2023. Does this excite you guys? I liked this show. It's definitely kind of in that kind of dark teen realm without it trying to be funny it's not very funny i'd say that that's kind of your realm at this point i think oh so yeah too. teen teen fantasy dark, dark teen fantasy oh you're right you're right i wouldn't type that into an internet search yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't want to end up on a list um dark but... yeah <laughs> Um, I'll just bookmark that quick. Hang on. Okay. Uh, no, but yeah, I mean, remember the show, it was like, you know, it's kind of set in an alternative world and it's got, it's kind of steampunk, but there's some technology going on and there's a giant void that opened up across the country. You can't get through it except for like the government controls who can pass through. 
Um, and but there's so some shady, there's some shady train car people in between that could like get you yeah, through you for can a get price. Through if yeah. you go bootleg, you know, bootlegging it through. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's pretty interesting. I think it's cool. I, I definitely will try to start this season. What does happen a lot with these um, is I, you know, I watch like three episodes and I'm like, yeah, I'm done with this forever, and that might happen. I'll try. I didn't finish season one. I don't know if Eric did, but I didn't. I don't, I don't know if I did. I got deep into it. You were into like, it. You liked it. I know. I don't. I don't know if I finished it or not. Listen, pandemic's sure. just a blur. We can't account. We have no accountability for each other. I was really into a lot of shows in the pandemic. Yeah. Like, yeah. They would be like, they'd be like, Netflix has no shows except for Shadow and Bone, and we'd be like, fuck yeah, what a show. <laughs> like, yeah, we. we we went right from Tiger King to Shadow and Bone, and we thought we were hitting the gold mine. I mean, I just – I think that, like, a period of time that will never be forgotten by anyone who lived through it is Tiger King and the – what's the Michael Jordan one? Last Dance. Last Dance. Last yeah. Dance. That little period of time was electric. Like, everyone in the world was watching it. It was like, Al, everybody talked about was the pandemic. But if you didn't yeah. talk about that, you had two options. Yeah. <laughs> you could talk about Last yeah. Dance or you could talk you'd about be like, This Dance. pandemic, this is crazy. How long do you think it's going to last? Dude, it's really scary. It's so crazy. It might last for a long time. Who knows? Hopefully, blah, blah, blah. So did you guys watch Tiger King? Yeah. What, what do you think, think, of, what do you think of Doc Antle? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you think Doc's fucking those tigers? Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Also in Do We Care, Trevor Noah is done on The Daily Show. Um, but the, there is going to be a list of celebrity guests that will host the daily show for about a year. Does this make you more or less likely to tune in? Well, so I they're they're taking like the Jeopardy approach. Mm-hmm. Um, once Alec Trebek was you know done for on that show, wow, that's an insensitive way of putting it. But like once um, he had passed on and they needed to select a new host, which was we're going to do a bunch of trial and error, and then mm-hmm. eventually they couldn't figure out who the fuck to host it because this faction of society hated this person and then this other, and everybody loved Ken Jennings, but like his ratings were terrible. Um, even though he's like the most likable person and then Mayim Balik or whatever, like had all yeah. these controversial like views, but like her ratings were super high. So like nobody knew what to do. All like I hope is Rogers. that like, remember that? all I hope is we get some like, yeah, even fucking Rogers Christ. That's part of the pandemic too. Good God. Um, yeah. <clears throat> The irony of him trying to teach the truth to people through a game show is just beyond the pale at this point. But <laughs> Perfect. I think um, I hopefully The Daily Show just like has fun with this, like just kind of embraces it and like lets each of the comedians kind of or whomever, you know, whoever they bring in kind of do their thing. Let them spread their wings and, you know, be controversial. I hope Jordan Klepper gets a shot. I know they've got a yep. list. I'm hoping he gets thrown into the mix because... I think he's absolutely hilarious. Maybe that's a little bit biased on my part, but I think he would do a really good job hosting the show. Um, but I'd hate to he see him leave. Uh, the thing, could bring like the, Craig the, Kilborn energy almost. Yeah, I'd hate to see him leave. Uh, you know what does he call it? Like fingering the pulse of the nation. Yeah. You know, like uh, so. Um, anyway, lots of good options here for the Daily Show. So one thing I one guest in particular I wanted to bring up that's already been mentioned is going to be former Minnesota Senator Al Franken. No shit. Who still holds a very tender place in my heart. I really loved him as a politician. Um, I loved him back when my parents were, would bring me to the state fair to go meet Paul Wellstone. And Al Franken would be there shaking hands too and making people laugh. We all go way back. And his, and his fall from grace hurt badly. Um, you know, he was whatever he did. He took, an, uh, you know, a 
bad, bad, misguided photo back in the day, and that was it. And he, without question, he resigned. Um, it'll be nice to see Democrats do some spotlight. They're, they're pussy. Yeah. So um, it'll be cool to see him back in the spotlight. I hope he does an awesome job. I think he'd be a great host. I'd prefer him just to get back into politics. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think he runs for governor eventually of Minnesota? No. It'd be awesome. No. No? No. He would be great. Well, it's just they'd have to kick a bunch of people out of his path. And mm. That's why I would say no. But he is very talented, and I can't wait to watch him on there. I like The Daily Show. It's a good, like, I have nothing to do kind of, like, thing to Yeah. I like the clips and the specials it, they do. I always end up watching yeah, those. Yeah, I think it's. I think it works better as a clip show. I don't think it quite still has the oomph of Jon Stewart, but it's still relevant. Yeah. All right, guys, it's time to move on to Hot Rex and Not Rex. We're going to give everyone a spoiler-free take on the White Lotus season finale. Yeah, so... Um, and the season in general, I'm sorry. Yeah, so uh, first season was six episodes. This one, season two, is seven. Um, I don't remember if we knew that. I'm sure that we did at some point. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I was kind of caught off guard. That it was ending, yeah. Well, no, I was kind of caught off... Yeah, that I was. I guess I was caught off guard that it was ending at seven. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, maybe we might get another one. I didn't know where it was going to go. Um, I will say... Nothing about the episode at all. Um, Jimbo has not seen it yet as of the recording of this, but it has received its highest number of, you know, it's Nielsen rated um, Mm -hmm. of the series between season one and two at the finale. So I think it's like kind of becoming mainstream. And then there was also, um, and this is not a, this is not a spoiler. This is not shocking information at all. There's kind of like a, you know, a a postmortem interview with Mike White the writer and producer of the show. And he's like, well, who knows what season three is going to bring. So it kind of sounds like um, season three is kind of a foregone conclusion. Um, oh God. At this yeah. point. So he's got it made um, dude, him and like the beautiful people going to hang out in a fancy resort and film for three months. All, so he's been to like months. the Italian coast and Hawaii. Yeah. He's oh, going brutal. to Southeast Asia. I hear for the first season three. Yeah. Let's go. Um, um, I do like this show a lot. Uh, you know what the show the theme of it was there's some holes in his house. Sex, 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 sex. Yeah. Um, I think, um, it's probably the best episode of the white Lotus. Oh, wow. Holy fuck. The finale. Yeah, I think so. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I'll I both seasons. And I, you know, I think this season has been fantastic to, to say yeah. that it was going to end on a really great conclusion. I don't think is well. That was Eric's problem last time. Was like the ride was so fun, and you know the stakes are high because you know somebody dies. Somebody you're watching is going to die, and then you can kind of who died? Oh, who's gonna who's gonna kill him? Who's gonna die? That's kind of fun, um, and it gives the whole thing stakes. But Eric, you didn't like how the last season finished. The actual decisions they made in the final episode. I thought the show was so good until the very end, and then I thought like the end was kind of weird. No, so let's. And I think I talked about this the last time, or maybe a couple weeks ago. So I think. That might have been an issue with the fact that HBO called Mike White and said, can you give us something? And so I don't think he necessarily had the time. I don't think he necessarily had maybe the, you know, the wherewithal, the opportunity to like make the story perfect like he kind of did with season two. You know, I think it Mm -hmm. was like a it was a pandemic thing. It was a where can we take people to isolate them where we can film this? And so maybe like in a vacuum, that show was pretty good on its own, like you said. But in the end, some questions on how things played out. I think season two, with all of that eliminated, allowed him to really like write his perfect show. And I think he did that. 
Damn, can't wait. All right. Uh, what about the reasons that everyone should be watching the English? So the English, once again, this is a Amazon Prime show that they that no one knows about. With with Emily Blunt, who's a big star, and is married to their other big action star, John Krasinski. And they can't they can't tell anybody the show even exists. I mean, it's John, John Krasinski is on uh, the Jack Ryan show. Like you'd think. Right. That they would be like, okay, uh, this is an easy win here. Let's let's put mm-hmm. two and two together. We've got Emily Blunt in this other big show that we're doing. We got John Krasinski doing season three of Jack Ryan. Let's maybe get some marketing going between the two of them. Let's 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 build this bridge. And they're like, yeah, eh, fuck it, nah, just John. No, we don't care about let's her. Bury it. Let's bury it. Well, the only reason we found out about it was from reading, what, The Ringer or somebody's top 10 that said this was number six. And we're like, well, we haven't even fucking heard of it. So I went and turned it on um, and was pretty blown away by just the quality, how good it looks, um, the acting. It's It stars Emily Blunt, obviously, who's a very professional actress. She's doing a wonderful job. Um, and then you got this dude that I don't even never even seen before besides, you know, as a kind of a bit actor, as this native... Native American who um, started to like kind of work for the Confederate Army. I feel like just to kind of make his way. Chosky, Chosky oh, Spencer, so bad. Is his name. I love yeah. his character. And the show's just generally it's really violent. I care about the characters. Um, you know, it's a western, so it has definitely some scenes around the campfire, but it's not slow. No, no, it moves quickly. Um, the first episode. I mean, you get. I mean, Mance Raider is one of the characters and he yeah. does a fantastic job. Cause I, dude, I couldn't put my finger on it. I, I was like sitting there. I'm like, Oh God, who is this guy? I've seen him before. Yeah. And I finally had to Fucking look it up. Mance Raider. Um, Another character but, that just like they amped up and did nothing with, but anyways, yeah. And sliced his leg off on, out from underneath them. But um, overall, the show is uh, really good so far. I'm, it, it gives me a lot of, I don't know if you guys remember that uh, show we watched a long time ago, like Godless. Uh, mm-hmm. with Jeff oh, Daniels yeah. um, gives me very similar vibes, although much totally. more uh, well acted, like much more well better acted and just more fun. The tone yeah. is way lighter. Godless. I can't believe I finished that. It was very dark, very slow. This is like and heavy kind of yeah, yeah. goofy. It almost reminds me a little bit of like how they filmed Django just because it's like a little bit more Django. And um, what was the, the, the one with Lakey Stanfield and no, Oh, yeah, The Harder They Fall. The Harder They Fall, yeah. Like, kind of a combination of those two, kind of. So, I'm going to keep watching it. I think I'm three episodes in, and Ryan, you're two, and we're into it. I'm two. It's a hot wreck. Hot, dude, this is a hot wreck. I'd say it's a hot wreck. Yeah, this is a top show. I mean, I don't know if it's going to make our noms yet, but it's it's good. All right. uh, And, Jim, you watched the movie that recently came out, Bullet Train. What were your thoughts? I did. Well, which, which one of you wants to volunteer to look up the IMDb of the cast of this movie while I discuss it? Yeah, I got okay, because it's pretty ridiculous. This is like a very silly movie, but Brad Pitt doesn't make that many movies these days. I mean, you could look up his IMDb. He probably does one every other year. Um, I think he thought this was going to be fun, and it definitely is. It's very over the top. It's silly. It's you know self-contained within this train, and so you have all these like kooky characters. It's a bit like Glass Onion, right? Or like you know, knives out. What, what you got? Ryan, no, it's you got, got? it's making... got future future James Bond in it. Aaron Taylor Johnson. If you want to get a peek at what Aaron Taylor Johnson can do, he's really good in this. Like he's very likable. Um, I genuinely liked this movie. It definitely has parts where you're like, this is stupid as fuck. But 
it's not really it's not really meant to be that serious. It's pretty like you know surreal and silly and fun. Very hard R rated. Very violent. Um, so this I think like it's good. John it's Wick. Like, John Wick meets uh, what's the Train to Busan? Any, any guy guy Richie movie sort of. It's got the silly you know the title cards for characters. It freeze frames on them and's like wacky fuck. And you're like, all right, dude. Okay, now I know who that is. Um, you know, so this stupid. has uh, Brad. Here's the people: Brad Pitt, Joey King, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Brian Tyree Henry, Andrew Koji, Hiro Hiro Yuki Sanada, Mm -hmm. Michael Shannon, Sandra Bullock, Bad Bunny, Logan Lerman, Zazie Beetz. Yeah. Masi Oka, Kill the Cheerleader, Save the Cheerleader, Save the World. So it's really fun. What was it on? Streaming... Netflix, HBO maybe? Max, I think. Oh no, HBO it was it was it? no, it was it was Netflix. You're right, Netflix. Okay, I think it's on Netflix. I liked it. Um, I don't think it was it's going to win any awards, but I it was definitely worth. I think it was like a tight ninety too. So, um, yeah, man, I think this is a wrap. Also, our girl right, Karen Fukuhara from um, The Boys. Oh, okay. There you go. Oh yeah, yep. She's good. All right, guys, it's that time for us to go into our new rewatch segment that we've been doing for the last few weeks. We're starting round three. It's called The Three Watch, and this week we are watching David Fincher's classic Fight Club. What would we name the segment if it was only a Fight Club rewatch? I'm Jack's rewatch or something. <laughs> okay, that's, I would say that we don't you don't talk about rewatch is probably what we would go with. Um, okay, so let's just dive right into this. Let's do it. Uh, I was really excited to watch this. This was this is like if you would have asked me from age like. 16 to 22 i would have been like fight club is my favorite movie mm-hmm. so i was kind of worried because every other movie that would have been in contention as you were like putting the poster back up on the ceiling because the tack oh, the like, came off you're like, yeah, like i can picture it, it. it's got yeah. brad pitt holding the bar of so yeah yo I, I it's just like everybody loved fight club and so it's kind of like when i look back at that time of my life i don't really trust myself in what I really liked then, <laughs> that I would still like now. You really you know, love like, rodeo uh, cheeseburgers seven and, days a week, and, and you know nut, you're just, and yeah. nut goodie bars. Yeah, yeah, and I really love. I mean, I loved Boondock Saints. I would have been like Boondock Saints, one of the best movies ever. And I rewatched <laughs> Boondock Saints, and I was like, shit, that was so bad. So, I mean, I I was a little worried that since I hadn't watched Fight Club in a long time, that I was going to think that it sucked. It was kind of where, where I was thinking going into it. Um, I forgot how perfect the beginning of this movie is. Like all of like the setup stuff with Ed Norton giving, building you this monotonous life where he notices every pattern and detail and he's having a hard time sleeping. And he knows that it's this day because his boss wears cornflower blue tie on this day. And he has everything from the Ikea catalog and his whole life is perfectly in order, but he is missing something or everything Mm -hmm. because his life is so boring and he can't even sleep. And I think like that part of the movie, like instantly gave me all the faith back that I needed in watching Fight Club with just like how well acted and how well um, it was filmed and how well it was written. Mm-hmm. And I think like I started seeing like, man, Fincher has leveled up yet again. And, uh, and also watching. like in a way, a little bit disappointing in the way Ed Norton's career turned out because I think this was him peaking, right? I mean, this yeah. was, this was him with a goat director at the time, giving him a goat script for a goat role 
and mm-hmm. him absolutely hitting a home run. And right. it was it was really great to see a, a non egotistical Ed Norton, or at least on screen, yeah. slay this role. Yeah, he was so he good. Just absolutely knocks out of the. Park. You know, it's funny as he's describing that. You know, he hasn't. I haven't hardly slept in six months, and you know, this is what's going on. You know, you're starting to see flashes of Brad Pitt's character. Did you guys notice that little tiny? You didn't notice that he probably flashed on the screen four times before he showed up on the plane. Yeah. Um, or even in the airport. So you didn't see that, Ryan? He goes by him no, in the I airport. I knew that. He I knew. Yeah. Okay. I had, yeah, I I had mean, definitely it's, seen it's that, like, and I knew about it, too. Right, yeah. It's little, like, like one-frame flashes of him in the Dude, background. on Fight Club really cool. was the first, like, um, blog about film that everyone did the, did you know, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. David Fincher actually killed a midget. Um in downtown LA to like simulate, you know what I mean? Like it was just all these like <laughs> Marilyn Manson rib stories, you know what I mean? But there's some truth in some of them um, as yeah, well. Yeah. Cause it was like, it was like early internet days. Uh, but there was some, there was some stuff that, that definitely popped up. And I will say that like early on in watching this movie, it's hard not to think about Mr. Robot and mm-hmm. think about the things that Sam Esmail um, I don't want to say stole because that was not his intention, but like um, used as like an homage to David Fincher. So like I kept thinking yeah. of Rami Malek um, I, as Elliot in uh, Mr. Robot. And I kept thinking like, man, the similarities are pretty like spot on. Like they're pretty close. Funny. And it was kind of fun. Like I thought it was I thought it was cool. Like not in a way of like, wow, he really ripped him off. But like as like, oh, he kind of was carrying on that. Uh, setting that Fincher had kind of teed up. So uh, he starts going to all of these different um, help groups, right? Like cancers and blood parasites and all of these places where people are dying and they are there to support each other. And the only way he's able to sleep is when he goes to these things and he can truly open up and be himself and uh, allow himself to cry in front of complete strangers as different names uh, every place that he goes. And it becomes an absolute addiction until Marla Singer. Mm-hmm. Yep. So so a gal shows up. Um, you know, and when you zoom back on this movie, it's kind of the story of this dude who um, was, he had mental breaks. He couldn't sleep. So he had a mental break. He started doing really weird shit, like going to these, <laughs> these uh, you know, self-help Anon- Anonymous meetings. Yeah. Anonymous meetings, right? And then he essentially meets a homeless woman who is just there to, like, get coffee and donuts, you know, and it makes her the love of his life. You know, she's broke. She she goes and steals clothes from the laundromat and then goes pawns them. Like, she's essentially, like, and he, then he starts squatting in this house. So he's just kind of a crazy homeless man at this point when you think about it. You, dating a homeless You find woman. out eventually that he didn't his place wasn't didn't start on fire he actually blows it up right he starts his maybe tyler did, but yeah so he meets tyler durden eventually on an airplane tyler's kind of a dickhead uh, but you also realize just like how not cool uh the main character yeah you know brad pitt looks so cool and is so cool in this but especially at the time as i'm older now i realize like tyler durden is like a total dork of a douche, like kind of a douchebag. You know what I no, mean? No, totally. Like but he like speaks the... in, in lines, like he's like, yeah, the things you own end up owning you. And I was like 13 years old and I was like, that's so deep. Oh my God. I should get that tattooed yeah. someday. Like, except, except that, that it, at that point in time is worn off. Except that at that point in time, like 15 year old us were like, 
I know they could totally own me at some point, but I really want like some new Jabo jeans and I yeah. fucking, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. like, like, I just want to, I just want to fit in. No, but like, <laughs> you're totally right. Um, it, it spawned an entire generation of like simps and like why we're in the scenarios that we're in because yeah. they're like, dude, I watched fight club and I, I live by the credo of like, whatever you own could end up owning you. And it's like, yeah, but that's like super impractical and dumb. Yeah. Um, and it was from like is, 2000s. Uh, the whole thing is very much like, a, you know, kind of a simp incel fantasy, right? Of Dude, like, it's, yeah. it's such an incel fantasy. <laughs> that's the only thing I was thinking about while I was watching this. Yeah. I was like, this is why these dudes act the way that they want. Like, but, they it, do. but it turns the other way, right? I mean, like right away, you're like, Tyler's so cool. Like I can get why, you know, people would follow him and whatever but then like later it's obviously very damaging and it's he, they try to stop it and it's not cool but um yeah i mean it is funny like this stuff entire generation of men raised by women and you're like oh yeah we should be tougher you know what I mean? it's like it's kind of like this weird masculine fantasy for people and like if you could fight any celebrity who would you fight i'd fight gandhi i'd fight abe lincoln like it's just yeah it is a little weird you're right about the whole fantasy part um, but I do think that this this movie was awesome. And, like, yeah. the interactions between Norton and Pitt are so good. And his, like, enlightenment of, like, meeting someone who brings this excitement into his life is really fun. Like, mm-hmm. you're watching someone who is so dead inside. He meets this guy who is so carefree. And I think, like, for all the parts of Tyler's personality that we're finding uh, annoying... I think that the parts about Tyler that are cool is that he doesn't give a fuck what anybody else yeah, thinks. Yeah, I think that he wears whatever he wants to wear. Mm-hmm. He does what he wants to do. He says what he wants to say. He goes where he wants to go. He has no attachments. And so the fantasy of Tyler Durden is mostly just that he is so cool and he gives so few fucks mm-hmm. that he you're you like feel this freedom in this character and you understand why everybody was obsessed with Brad Pitt at this well yeah, I I totally agree fair. and I think that's that's a perfect um summation of his uh Tyler Durden's ability to convey lack of caring right in a in like just indifference to societal pressure whereas Ed Norton's character was mired in that. He had to have all of the Ikea stuff. Like you said, he had the nice furniture, he had the house or the, you know, the condo apartment, whatever. And all Mm -hmm. of that thing. Whereas Tyler Durden was like off the grid. He was making soap out of, you know, pig fat or whatever from the place that he stole of the stuff, human fat from the morgue, whatever. Um, So all of that stuff was like uh, intentionally juxtaposed, uh, mm-hmm. to one another and that was kind of the so you know at, at some point they things start to get militant and i thought that as as fight club grows and grows and they had the montages of different cities and different rules coming up and it growing and them getting into different stuff i thought all of that was really fun it was about dead center in the movie and i actually thought you said you loved the first act i liked the second and third act even better mm-hmm. oh, i did too i thought it got better and better and better yeah. uh, i just thought it was a great start to the movie um, and I thought that uh, a really fun part of this whole thing was uh, like the growing of, of Fight Club and like how you would see all the people in public and they would just acknowledge each other. The first and second rule of Fight Club, but they all still kind of like knew. And I like that it was the 
you know, as much as we were ripping it for being like this weird hyper masculine theme, it also was a, a like working class rallying cry too at the same time. Like yeah. it was like, we are the people who drive ambulances and we're the people who stack stock shelves and we are the one who make your food and we do this and this and this and this. And so I do think that that was um, kind of a cool theme as well. Yeah. Uh, and then also just the whole scene with Lou when Lou comes down to the guns yeah, is an elite scene. Brad Pitt is so there were good so many that. great, great little scenes like that little, you know, fights or one-offs or, you know, the burning of the hand and the soap, so many memorable, memorable scenes. Um, yeah. I, I'll say that um, it got better and better. What part did you guys like start to get be like, dude, this is so obvious. I can't believe I didn't realize that they're the same person. Cause they're I think like all with, clues. It's um, like they're hitting you over the head with it. I think some of the Marla parts. Yeah. Like yeah. that she, definitely when, when she's, she's like, out, she's like, what, why would you say us? that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 She, he's, she's like us. Who do you mean us? Like that kind of thing. Mm. I think some of that stuff was pretty obvious. Um, but also I think that the reveal was pretty cool. Like yeah. just when he's going, you're, you're kind of suspecting it. You know, if it's the first time you're kind of suspecting it now, like why are people like he goes to the place and the guy has the halo on yeah. and all the scars on his face. And then he's like, you gave me this. Like, on That's my when you should sort of know, but then they keep helping you along. And I mean, as yeah, a, when, with the first time I watched it, I don't think I had any idea until maybe then, um, you know, that moment with that guy in the halo. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, definitely when he was like chasing down Tyler, like, you know, kind mm-hmm. of like backtracking himself, the right. it became where you're like, oh, man, I can't believe that. That's just. Yeah. You know, especially, it was pretty especially for when we're doing the three really watch. Well when we're doing this, they get to do the thing where you know Tyler just shows up in the room, which you should be like, all right, that's that's your first sign that he's a figment. And then they kind of replay some scenes from a different angle of his first fight in the, um, you know, that he had in the parking lot. They show him beating himself up, and that's how he started recruiting. Um, I mean, they really like kind of reframe everything and made that. I thought that part was really cool. So I will say that after you get this big reveal um, you get a cool scene where he tries to turn himself in with all of the plans at the police station, but then all of the police are already part of this mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. I thought that was kind of a fun little twist to the police. And then, him out. Yeah. And then like running it around was, in his underwear. Sorry, And it was funny when he's like, that's there. That's exactly what he said you would say. And they just yeah. kept like, he just yeah. kept doing that over and over. That was. They said you definitely say that, and yeah. we do have to cut your balls off now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so eventually, they get to this last scene where Tyler Durden is back, and he fights. Uh, he fights himself. I mean, the scene is just crazy. Mm-hmm. The the security cam footage is amazing right. in this, as he's absolutely just wiping himself out in all of the stuff. Throws himself down the stairs, and then eventually, kind of like their last little. Um, interaction in the tower I thought was great. Oh, yeah. I mean, what a finale. Um, you know, Ed, Ed Norton, who's never gets a name. He, he just goes by the narrator. I guess he is Tyler Durden. Do you think he was Tyler Durden the whole time? Yeah. Okay. So No, no, I don't. No, I don't. Actually, I don't. But you didn't like you, you that. You don't know his, his original name, did, and he invented that name. You didn't like that when it was the protagonist, Christopher Nolan. But now I love it. Yeah, yeah. now you love it because it's venture. <laughs> the narrator, like, I mean, yeah. but... That's perfect. Um, yeah, no. So, I mean, I thought this scene was so good. All the like, I mean, the gunshot to the face is so freaky, and they do it in slow motion. As 
And then he's kind of sitting there hunched over with blood dripping out of his mouth and the smoke is coming out of the hole in his face and his mouth. I mean, this shit is so memorable. And then, of course, you know, that that kills Tyler, um, at least so far. And then we get one of the best uses of music in a scene of all time with, was it the Pixies? Yeah. Unbelievable song, crazy moment where all the, you know, their plan worked. They blew up all those towers. They caused all this this mayhem and damage and maybe the main character is okay. That's the ending you get. And I love it. Do you think that anybody that never saw fight club, but saw Mr. Robot and then eventually watched fight club would be like, Holy shit. That's pretty much fight club. Sam, what are you doing? There's anybody that, that watched the Venn diagram. No, but I'm just, I'm just saying like when you, when you spell it out in kind of simplistic form like that, you're like, Okay, that's just they just Mr. Robot did that. Like I don't, I don't. Yeah, they they copied us, essentially Fight Club. Time yeah, time. yeah. Uh, I you know I didn't think of Mr. Robot once when I was watching it, which is surprising. I didn't either. I didn't you, think of it once, but now totally I right now I feel it. All right, so uh, what would you guys rate this movie? I will go. I'm gonna go first. Okay, because uh, I feel like I have a hot take on this. I. I loved Fight Club growing up, like I said. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever watched Fight Club without enjoying it, but I felt distrustful of my younger self since I haven't watched this movie in a long time. Right. And I was worried I was going to find it really dated, but I actually didn't feel that way. I thought it was recorded in an incredible way. Like, just all the filmography was amazing. The music was really good. I thought that um, all the times they broke the fourth wall and were, like, talking to you was, like way ahead of its time. It was like so many movies have used all of that stuff yep. where you're not really a character, but every once in a while you are Mr. Robot, <laughs> the big short, this goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, and I thought that was so cool. I was really into that every time. And they it did didn't, stuff and like that. To, to piggyback on that, it didn't feel out of place considering you were watching a 20 plus year old movie. It didn't feel like, mm-hmm. it yeah. didn't feel like you were like, well, that was weird. Why would they do that? It felt like part of it felt very natural i i really thought that this movie aged about as well as a movie i've seen from the 90s mm, so far. totally and i think that this movie i'm this was not what i was expecting to say i think that this movie is the best movie that we've watched in our three watch so far wow and i'm gonna give it a 96 okay wow um i'm gonna give it a 94 i think it's awesome we are picking great movies this is no exception um if you asked me when i was 16 i would have said a 100 hands down if i could give it more i would have um some of the themes didn't quite last like you know when you talk about yeah it's a work you know like the workers of the world well one blue white collar guy goes out and he's apparently that much smarter and better that he can get all these fucking dumb trash men you know i thought it was almost a little condescending to the working class a little bit but um, some of those things like that didn't hit with me as hard, but do I the, mean, par- it, do the parallels a- of Donald Trump with the trash men, not kind of like hit home with that a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. So I give it a 94. I think it's a great score. It's, it's deserving. Um, Ryan curious. Yeah. This is coming down to you. No, same with me. Like, I think this movie was groundbreaking. I, when there is a large contingent of people that talk about a movie as the greatest movie ever and they love it and it's a little bit artsy and there's some convolution to it, I tend to try and find the flaws in those of like, well, yeah, but, you know, like that type of thing. And I think Fight Club stands on its own. I think it's 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 one of those unique movies where 
even though you may be able to pick out flaws or like it doesn't it doesn't quite have the sting you know the second third fourth time you watch it like of the initial time right it doesn't quite have that that zip it's still peak david fincher and it doesn't matter uh what type of nitpicking you can do it's still a phenomenal film like of its own and to not be caught up between you know ed norton and and brad pitt tyler durden by the way brad pitt's body the most requested body uh of all time of like any actor that like needs to get in shape for a role like mm-hmm. i i forget who it was that told a joke recently about the personal trainer was like i've got an idea for what i want to look like and he's like hold on let me guess brad pitt and fight club and he's like yeah you're not going to be that guy like that's impossible yeah you know like that so anyway yeah. I have a wait, hold on i have a funny brad pitt body story that just has to fit in here the other day i was in class and i said something to a group of girls i whoa, said whoa, something whoa, about brad whoa, pitt whoa, and this- do you need to I mean, do we need to stop you from finishing this story or like, I'm oh, kidding. I said, I said something about Brad Pitt and they said, who's Brad oh, Pitt? Oh God. I said, who's Brad Pitt? What are you talking about? No. I was like, he's one of the biggest actors in the world, even now. Like, what are you talking about? And then I said, look him up. And I watched a high school girl type on her computer, Brad Pitt. And the picture, his fight club shirtless picture <laughs> popped up on your computer and i was looking at her face when it popped up and i watched a human being like malfunction ah. she was like, ah. and then she was like didn't she was like didn't know what to say and she was like oh my god <laughs> like it was so funny to see so you sat her down and you're like all right look let's let's make this even i'm gonna google alexandra daddario enter <laughs> <laughs> see what happens yeah okay new homework assignment you're gonna watch uh, Fight Club and True Detective season one. Um, there you go. No, right. so um, and I think as I think I mentioned before, this is um, this movie is Ed Norton peaking. He had this. He had um, whatever the Richard Gear movie Rangers is. Good. Um, whatever the Richard Gear movie is, where he was like pretending to be the primal, primal, primal fear, fear and good. then he had American History X, and mm-hmm. this was like his arc of dominance and it hasn't really done much since but um he was he was really good as an actor and brad pitt was like coming into his own we've now watched two brad pitt movies somehow in this Mm -hmm. three watch both involving david fincher and it's fantastic um i i'm not mad at it i you know i think he was one of the weaker actors in in seven but i think he's definitely stronger in this one like you can see the progression very good and and how much he cared about the craft and like trying to be good this uh i'm going just with with jimbo it's a 94 um okay i i think there are some cheesy moments there are some 90s moments there are some laughably silly moments in terms of like oh if technology existed uh that wouldn't be a thing um but overall this is a fantastic film fantastic movie and i think that's i think that's my second highest i might be eric's highest i think that's my second highest at 94 I wasn't ex- I wasn't expecting that, but I do think that they knocked it. Um, yeah, guys, it was a lot of fun. I can't wait. We're going to be watching the Coen Brothers. Uh, oh, brother, where art thou? Next. I'm a so, I'm an oh brother, where that. art thou, virgin? So well, this I, is so exciting. I know Eric. I can't wait. For uh, the, the... the joke is Eric is like in this three watch. He's seen like two of the movies total, and so everything is going to be new to him. But this is one of the movies that I have. One of the two movies I haven't seen, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I love it's that. Be fun. Eric Scott, he's got one over you. I do. This is rare. This is very rare. <laughs> All 
All right, guys, that's going to be it. That's all the time we have this week on the Nordies podcast. Go back, check out our sportscast. We break down the Vikings lost to the Lions, tell you why it's going to be okay. We talk about the World Cup and more. And otherwise, until then, thanks for listening to your good friends here at the Nordies podcast.